Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Woohoo! Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. Hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are today. I am broadcasting remotely. I am out of studio today, so I want to thank everybody back at WCPT for making uh, situations like this not only possible, but really a lot of fun to do. Last week, we were broadcasting from Tata's Kitchen and Social over on West Irving Park Road, and hopefully we'll be able to do more shows there, depending on how the connections go. Here today, we are at Whiskey Girl Tavern, uh, right by Clark and Peterson, I believe, Clark and Devon. Um, it's one of those places where it's just straight east from where I live, and I was trying to find different routes to get here. You know, the daughter of a cabbie is not necessarily always going to go with the uh, GPS instructions or ways, uh, because it was, you know, you're on Foster and it gets backed up. Then you're on, on Bren Mar and it gets really crowded, and I'm like, I ah, gotta find a couple of side streets. So I wove my way through the uh, west and north sides of uh, Chicago to get to Whiskey Girl Tavern, where committee woman Maggie O'Keefe is about to have uh, her, her event tonight, and I'm really excited to be here. One, it's an amazing event. Maggie O'Keefe, of course, a, uh, a just a tireless uh, Dem organizer who uh, registers voters and makes sure that people uh, know where their polling places are. She's uh, so diligent about making sure that people know about their candidates. Uh, she does a lot of hard work to vet candidates and then endorse them so that folks in her community are aware of uh, you know what she thinks would be best for her neighbors. So we'll talk to Maggie in about a half an hour. Maggie's going to join me live right now. I'm watching her set up the venue. If you heard a little clap back there, that was Maggie O'Keefe getting things set up. There's beautiful flowers all over, and there's going to be some speakers. Uh, if you guys want to come by, there's I know. Hey, Maggie, how much? Sorry, I'm yelling at the listeners. How much is it, the entrance to the door? Now, I mean for everybody. I'm on the radio, so people can still come in. Uh, go online, go to Maggie O'Keefe's uh, Facebook page, uh, 40th Ward Dems, and uh, find out about the event tonight uh, at six o'clock. The doors open at six o'clock, so I'll be here broadcasting until seven, and then I'll hang out with uh, folks from the neighborhood, find out what's important to them, what they're looking at. I was talking to a listener the other day. I want to say hi to Louie, who I went door knocking with on Saturday, and he was saying how much, uh, you know, in the in years past, he he always appreciated how much WCPT was live, local, and progressive, and and uh, with you know between me and Joan and. Um, Santita Jackson and uh, the stories that we tell, and he really appreciated uh, the fact that we're going into the neighborhoods. Like Joan went out to the suburbs to have uh, those forums with candidates, and I want to find more places to go and broadcast remotely. Hopefully, uh, it goes smoothly today, so I can <laughs> continue to do these uh, once in a while. I know the connection can be a little bit wonky, so I want to thank everyone for their patience and working through that with me because I do want to go into communities. Uh, because we hear all these big, you know, top line stories about uh, people are concerned about safety or, you know, that they uh, they want to know what Kim Fox is up to. But when it comes down to going out into the neighborhoods, what people are talking about, they're talking about things like property taxes and access to education. Uh, when I went door knocking on Saturday for uh, Susanna Ernst, who is running for the 45th Ward Alderwoman, uh, I was talking to neighbors, uh, their big issues. Well, some of them were about safety, but I was so happy to talk to somebody, a few people in Wildwood, who their first question to me was, is she pro-choice? 
And I said, she is. And then I, and I stood there because I've run for office before. And I said, is that a problem? Uh, because I, I want to know. I want to know uh, what our, our neighbors are feeling and what they're concerned about. Uh, there isn't obviously not that much for city council members to vote on. They can certainly establish what their priorities are, where their morals are. Uh, but he said he was thrilled that she is a, a Dem who uh, supports women's autonomy and that it was very important in their household. And uh, another neighbor, um, our neighbor Peggy, was saying that it was uh, very important to her about safety. And for her in particular, just even on her block, uh, and I noticed this when I was running as well, is that a lot of folks are concerned about neighbors who have no regard for having late night parties. Um, this neighbor did not feel safe. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to go back and talk to her again because I really had a great conversation with her. Her husband had served on the uh, fire department, and we happen to know a lot of the same people because uh, my dad's best friends were very... Um, uh, involved in the firefighters unions. My dad's best friend, Desi O'Neill, was on the executive board when they came up with the very first contract for firefighters in the city of Chicago. Those of you who remember the Brotherhood of the Barrel when the firefighters went on strike. And I, so I ended up talking, as you're not supposed to do, by the way, when you go door knocking, you're not supposed to spend uh, 15 to 20 minutes or however long I hung out with Peggy, but sometimes it's really worth it to talk to somebody who has been so involved in the community, know so much about the history of the firefighters union, and we knew a lot of the same people. And she was talking about that strike and how there are still people who won't talk to each other because somebody crossed the picket lines and were scabs. So we had a great conversation about her involvement with the uh, firefighter strike back in 19, I believe it was 1979. And uh, I was laughing when she said that she has, she has a neighbor across the street she still will not talk to because he crossed picket lines. And I was telling her that when I was little, I uh, I was supposed to I was supposed to get a dog. My very first dog was a uh, supposed to be from a litter of puppies, of cockapoos, uh, cocker spaniel poodle mixes, and uh, I did not end up with the pooch because uh, <laughs> it was a firefighter who did cross uh, picket lines. So that was my. Then we had little stories like that, and those are the kinds of moments that you have when you go door to door and you you meet neighbors. You go you go where folks are. You meet them where they are. Find out what's important to them. What's what's on their mind. What keeps them awake at night. Uh, maybe it is uh, rowdy neighbors uh, having all hours parties. So that was uh, that was a Saturday, and I was, again wanted to thank uh, Louie, who uh, is a listener of WCPT. It was great to meet him and uh, and do some work in the neighborhood uh, because we believe in. Uh, really moving forward with leadership on the northwest side. But uh, what's on your mind, folks? 773-763-9278. We are... Oh... Uh, we are um, taking calls and texts, even though I'm not in studio. And Jim is calling in with some thoughts. Hey, Jim, what's going on? What's going on in your mind? Hi, Jim. I'm, I'm, I'm hey. kind of sad today by this Joe character, the walking at a homeless guy. Mm-hmm. He, the homeless guy died today. Uh, they set him on fire. Oh, I didn't know he passed away. Yeah. Oh, no. Death. He must have had an excruciating death. It was seven months. His name was Joe or something. He was 75 years old. But the interesting thing about this gentleman was, I saw him everywhere downtown. I saw him in front of a holy name. If I went down to uh, the Fine Arts Theater, he'd be down that way. Be, he was all over the place. Don't wonder he lived to be 75. The guy walked everywhere. And not only that, but he was always well coiffed with the mustache and the hair. And a proud gentleman. I, I don't think I, I, if you had to give him a couple of bucks, you had to slip it to him. You know, you couldn't. He wouldn't ask you for it. You know what I mean? Right, right, uh, right. But uh, he was a lovely guy. Lovely, lovely guy. Uh, 
Jeez, I saw him everywhere. I mean, he was everywhere because I walked everywhere downtown too. He was everywhere. You name it, he was there. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. Oh, I had no idea that he had passed away. That's yeah, tragic. And, and, it, and another reminder that we, well, another demi- a reminder that we don't, uh, you know, in many ways turn our attention to those who need it the most. I mean, the, the fact that he was, you know, treated as, a, as though he were subhuman, just a piece of litter to be set on fire. I mean, essentially, that's what it struck me as when he was attacked. So he, was, he, was, he was a proud gentleman. I mean, he was... Uh, uh, he was in a class by himself, that guy. I just, I was sad to hear it because it just shows you everybody, we're all got to pass away. We all, everybody passes away. But that guy was exceptional. I just had to mention Patty, and you have a great show. Thanks for taking my call. In. Thank you. Thank you so much. I was thinking about that uh, homeless, our homeless issue in the city of Chicago, our, our unhoused neighbors. Uh, who are finding ways to seek shelter as the weather starts to turn cold. There's a uh, there's a couple of bus shelters uh, throughout Chicago where some people take up residence and they, they figure ways to uh, establish that as their space uh, with blankets and boxes and things like that. I know that there's an alderman on the northwest side who has... Uh, went in and a couple of older people on the northwest side have uh, cleared spaces and thrown away the belongings of people who use that material to stay warm and seek shelter and uh it's uh heartbreaking to see and i and i know i i, I know that they are like ah oh, well people shouldn't have to drive by and see that kind of thing or well the person living there shouldn't have to live like that or be treated like that or as jim just mentioned someone who is surviving on the streets uh, and doing no harm to anybody and is lit on fire. It is, uh, it, how are we, who are we as Chicagoans if we can't do better than this? We had a, a listener, and if he's still listening, I don't have the, I think I have my text screen up, I do, um, who showed me uh, the structure that he had built for himself and landscaping and uh, had created a, a space for himself to be safe and warm and uh, it, it off the, I'm, I'm presumably off the grid. You know, there, there are other solutions rather than, uh, one, disposing of people as though they don't have the, the right to survive or discarding their belongings as though they don't have the, the right to um, try to stay warm or have a space that is designated for them. And, and one of the things that popped into my head, and I, I thought I've tried to figure out how to articulate this better, which is... You know, we we want people to have a place so that, that we can't see them or they don't become an you know they people want to just not think about it as part of it, and we also one of the reasons that we want people to be at an address is so that we can tax them, we so we can find them and things like that. And some people don't want to be they don't want to be taxed or they don't want to be found, and they're they're trying to find other ways to survive. Uh, and so what are the solutions? Some people are harder to reach. They don't want the assistance, and some people need the assistance. They need some place to be able to use the restroom with dignity or, or take a bath. And uh, we have to find a way to uh, help them uh, and, and meet them. This is exactly what I just mentioned a moment ago. Meet folks where they are, and we need to meet our unhoused neighbors where they are and find out how we can help. That's really what it comes down to. And maybe they don't know the first time we talk to them or the tenth time we talk to them. Um, but we've got to find us. We've got to find some answers. Let's take a break here. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight is the number to call and join us. Again, that number is seven seven three 
763-9278. You can call or text us to join the conversation. We want to thank our, our sponsors, Minocqua Brewing. And by the way, we'll be doing a tasting at Taste on Wednesday at, at Taste in Rogers Park. And we will be joined so far. We've got confirmation from a mayoral candidate, Representative Cam Buckner, will be joining us on Wednesday. And hopefully we'll get some more guests lined up. Uh, we also want to thank our sponsor, Kids Above All, and congratulations on some of the fundraising we were able to uh, share with them last Thursday at Tata's. And we want to thank Warren Price from European and U.S. Car Service over on Broadway near Irving Park Road. More after this on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. We're here till 7 on the Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. I uh, just got a message from our friend Jerry Walski that uh, we we are not Facebook Live yet. I'm trying to get a connection, but I don't. <laughs> the bigger part is a it's a cord situation, Jerry. I'm trying to see if I have a, a cord, a plug for my computer so we can go Facebook Live. We are broadcasting live from. Uh, let me take my mask off because no one's near me. Uh, but I am uh, masking folks. I was listening to Joan talk about the surge in COVID cases as well as respiratory. Uh, viruses. So I'm trying to be uh, as safe as possible. I know I, I'm, I have mixed emotions about this event. I'm excited to be here and, and see folks. Uh, one, I'm concerned about the rise in COVID and uh, respiratory viruses. I, I have to be careful, make sure that I don't, uh, not only for my own health or my husband's, but in particular, my mom, who is a cancer survivor, and my son, Declan, who has a, uh, a several uh immune immunity his immunity immune system has to be protected is the best way for me to to put it we can't afford to let him get sick again because uh he, you know when he uh came home from the hospital after that long stay at Shirley Ryan we're trying to help him build up his strength and i can't afford to uh, lose any ground um as he develops the uh the strength in his legs and his feet any sort of uh, health issue would uh, possibly um set us back but uh, i also am uh I have a lot of mixed emotions uh, today because uh, I, the last time I was at this event last year was with my very good friend, Tom Carmick, and Tom had just returned from uh, traveling, and we had done an event in the a week or two before uh, this particular 40th Ward Dems event, and it was a Thanksgiving dinner for uh, for folks who had fled Afghanistan. and. The mayor and uh, several elected throughout the city of Chicago held a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner for them. Uh, Sean Tenner um, from the, uh, which ward organization is he? I can't remember all the wards, but Sean and the mayor and uh, several, uh, I know uh, Kwame Raoul was there. And a lot of dignitaries wanted to, to share a, a meal with folks who had come here in such stressful and dangerous uh, conditions and to help them uh, with their first weeks and months in the city of Chicago. And we'd been at that event, and then uh, we did this event with Maggie, and then the following evening we were with, um, we were at Zaney's on Wells, and uh, that week was the last week that Tom was healthy. Uh, by Friday of that week a year ago, he had tested positive for COVID and was uh, had to go to the hospital, was in the ICU for over, I believe, five or six weeks, and then when he left the hospital, he was never able to leave the uh, the support of oxygen tanks and um, it was very hard and so being here it's, it reminds me of that it's a it's a little emotional I also remember that we had a great evening um, and the next night at Zany's we had a great time too 
Uh, so it's it'll be interesting to uh, gather with some folks again. Uh, but there is a uh, a wound in my heart tonight as uh, as I as we uh, anticipate folks gathering tonight. Uh, let me go to uh, Sandy uh, in Racine. Yes, Sandy, you're uh, promoting a show that I probably should be letting people know about. How are you doing, Sandy? Hi, how are you? Hi, how's it I going? Out, I just found out you're going to be in Kenosha on New Year's Eve. I am. I'm going to be in Kenosha both uh, January, uh, December 30th and December 31st. Uh, for the New Year's Eve weekend really? at the yes at the Wyndham Hotel, there's a great comedy venue. So I'm not that far from you, my friend. Well, no, I see. I've seen you a number of times. I wanted to remind you to bring your box. All right. So you want me to play "What's in the Box"? I should be able to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. I wish. I suggested to you a while ago. How did it work out? Okay, even off the cuff last time. Was that all right? Yeah. Yeah. What? But, but I appreciate the happenings. Uh-huh. I just got the happenings Friday, and it only says you're going to be there on New Year's Eve. It doesn't say anything about Friday. Yes, I I will be there on Friday as well. So, uh, okay. and I know I did that show. I don't know if you were there for New Year's Eve from 2018 into 19, but it was packed. We had two full shows. It was amazing. Um, so I, I recommend reservations. You think you'd rather come to the night before or New Year's Eve, Sandy? Oh, now I gotta make up my mind. I was planning on New Year's Eve, but come, I, I come didn't on have New Year's Eve. I wanted to go. I wanted oh. to go later. There's a place here in town called Roma Lodge, and they have the Doop Daddies there. Is there okay. I have they, not heard of Doop Daddies. They're fifties and sixties band, and I follow them around too. So, oh, that's um, fantastic. Well. Well, reach out to the club. I'm 99% sure I'm also doing the 30th. That way you can have a full weekend of uh, doing the things you enjoy doing, a great comedy show, and right. then uh, and the doo-wop daddies on New Year's Eve. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'll, probably, I'll probably see you Friday then. Okay. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much. Always great okay. to see you, and I look forward to, to spending a, a, the holiday with you at for New Year's. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I have a show coming up uh in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, again, on December 30th and December 31st, the best, if, if I don't have the website with me, but if you guys uh, Google uh, Patty Vasquez, uh, Kenosha, New Year's Eve, uh, you should be able to find, actually, I should be able to find that. I, why, why am I telling you what to do when I can do the same thing? But that'll be a really fun show. I, it, I believe it is two headliners that evening, so a full evening of comedy. Uh, let's see, Kenosha. New Year's, uh, and that's going to be, I think we're going to do two shows. Let me get the schedule up for you. New Year's Eve, Music and Magic at the Wyndham. So they actually also have a Facebook page with all of that information. And this is, uh, and you can look for Happenings Magazine. There's going to be comedy at, so we have a comedy show at 7 o'clock and a comedy show at 9.30. So I have a 7 o'clock show and a 9.30 show. And then there's also, uh, there's going to be magic. There's going to be live music with the Chevelles and Mighty Joe. So uh, come on out for a wonderful evening of comedy. I look forward to that. And then I'm double-checking, though, because I'm almost positive I'm there on the uh, 30th as well. But if it's not there, so it's me and Joe, John DeResta. Does that, let me make sure I've got that. John DeResta and I are headlining on December 31st. And let me see if they have me also on the 30th. I don't see the 30th, so maybe it's just one night. Maybe he was right. 
Maybe we're just put, putting two shows together on one night. If I find out we're also doing the sorry, Sandy, I got to double check, but I'm almost positive because they asked me if I wanted a hotel room for the 30th. Maybe I'm just going up uh, early. And <laughs> Kenosha is beautiful, you guys. And uh, I'm excited to do our comedy show there on uh, New Year's Eve. By the way, speaking of comedy, I don't know if you folks uh, saw the uh, video. Uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock were performing comedy in San Francisco. And Dave Chappelle decided to bring up Elon Musk. And uh, there was a lot of booing. And today there's a lot of talk about how videos that folks are, are posting of him getting booed at... Uh, at this event, I mean, it's a, and it's a huge, it's an arena, and they have it on the jumbotron and everything, and then, um, and then uh, folks are booing, and Chappelle like makes fun of them. He basically brought him up as the world's richest person, and there was some applause, and you could hear some folks kind of wooing and woo from the balcony, and then Chappelle started making fun of the people that were booing. You know, that like they're making fun of them for where they're like the poor people in the seats up in the balcony are booing and who are they? You know, they're just jealous kind of a thing. I don't know. I was just, um, you know, if I was, I, I guess if I was um, doing a comedy show, it's look, Chappelle likes being controversial. He likes uh, pushing what he thinks to be the envelope, what other people consider to be cruel. And that's one of the things I've never quite, um, how do I put this? Uh, I've never quite liked about my industry where there's, there's this idea that if you're if you're edgy, that's more desirable in the industry. But edgy to me often means just being mean, um, exploring new concepts, the things that people are, are that, that are taboo and and uh, many people like, you know, talking about illnesses or mental health or, um, you know, talking about political stuff. To me, that's the edgy, edgier stuff. And, like, I think that Lewis Black does a good job of saying the things that we would like to or talking about the things that maybe uh, other folks find uncomfortable. Like, to me, that's edgy. Being cruel and making fun of people who are already marginalized or demonized, like, that's not – that to me, that's not edgy. It's mean. And, look, uh, I agree with uh, Ricky Gervais who says that, look, you know, people talk about cancel culture and, uh, you know, people are saying that audiences are too sensitive now. And it's it. You can say whatever you want, but you also it's like people complain about the First Amendment when they do something and they're fired. You can say what you want. It's whether or not you're you're willing to deal with the consequences. And so that's uh, that's the difference to me. But you know, folks like the meanness that uh, Chappelle uses sometimes, and so does Chris Rock sometimes. You know that uh, making fun of people. It's never been my style of comedy, and that's why it doesn't appeal to me. I think that Chappelle and and Chris Rock have have certainly had brilliant material. I've enjoyed a lot of their work, uh, but sometimes I'm like, ooh, you know, I get disappointed, in him and I'm allowed to. I don't have to like everything every popular artist does. But when he's doing an, a, an event and then brings out Elon Musk, he wants to be like again. He wants he wants to be edgy by bringing out somebody who's an anti semite and is helping spread hatred, and that's not enjoyable. So people get to boo. They get to tell you how they feel about it. And then he lashed out by calling them poor. And today, you know, of course, Elon is trying to, uh, you know, cover it up and say, no, it was it was only 10 percent of the people who were booing. But it lasted for a long time and it was uh, fairly enjoyable to watch. But that's uh, that's just that's just my point of view on that. So, yes, Chris Rock had brought uh, he was booed off the stage because they they wouldn't even let him talk. Every time he tried to say something, they uh, absolutely. 
they uh, the people would boo him. I'm uh, here, sweet. I'm on the radio. One second. Let me just do that. Here, I'm plugging in some uh, devices for folks. Um, <laughs> oops. Oh, oh no. Okay. Hopefully, I'm still connected. <laughs> am I still there, uh, Paul? I hope I am. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, that's always the fun of uh, doing a, a remote broadcast. Is anything could happen. Um, but yes, uh, I was just uh, talking about Elon Musk. who was booed off the stage last night. And yeah, I, I mean, like it's not cool to bring up Elon Musk at an event like that. It's just not. It's not fun for the people who paid for a ticket. Uh, he says Elon Musk claimed it was ninety percent cheers and ten percent boos. But still, that's a lot of boos, which is a first for me in real life. Oh, <laughs> get used to it, dude. Anyway, that's uh, just sort of amused me. Let's uh, take a break here. We'll catch up on traffic. We've got some guests coming up. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Deputy Alder, uh, Deputy Committee Woman uh, Reina, and we're going to talk to Committee Woman uh, Mag- Maggie O'Keefe in the next half hour. More after this on WCPT 820. We're driving it home till 7, everybody, from Whiskey Girl Tavern. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible democratic socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Woohoo! We are at Whiskey Girl Tavern for the 40th Ward Dems event, and joining me is Deputy. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget your last name, Reina. Reina joins me. Oh my god, and I used to. Oh my god, hi. Hello. Reintroduce yourself as Deputy Committee oh Woman, Reina. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. My name is Reina Lopez Alcantar, because that's how my mother makes me say it. Of course. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. But, are yeah. you are you excited for folks to come out tonight and oh my celebrate? God. Yes, I'm so excited. When I um I called off of work like a couple of weeks ago and I was like, <laughs> Yeah guys, I'm not gonna work today and then I like checked my schedule, I was like, I'm not working today and I'm having a party, which is so cool, but yeah, I'm excited. Well last year I remember the event was farther down on Clark. It was yes. at another venue. Yes. And it was kind of a tighter so space, so right? But this is and this is beautiful, but little This is huge. Isn't this great? This yes. is so beautiful in here. Are we gonna play pool? Of course. All right, then. Well, I'm only good at, like, not real pool. So. What, what do you mean with not real pool? Like, They're just playing? Like iPhone? Okay. Oh. Like how the, the kids do it? Is that the, Wait, is there, are there pool tables? Well, of course there's pool table games. <laughs> what am I yeah. saying? Have you ever played pool on, on a table? No. We've had, we had those near my school, but I don't know how to do it, which makes it so embarrassing because, like, these eight-year-olds will be like, let's play. And I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> want to do that because I'm going to look stupid in front of you. So I'm well, good. you won't look stupid. Uh, we don't have to do it here. And I don't know that I'm the right person to... Show you how to play no, pool. I want you to show me like everything. How I, I'll show you how I play. Okay. Uh, and I've been playing since I was like seven or eight. For whatever reason, I know. But you're, that means you're good. You have no. Like a good amount of I play pool. once every five years when there's a pool table in okay, a bar. Okay, and so what? <laughs> so I it was because I my my day camp. Uh-huh. Do you know where Northeastern Illinois University yes, is? I do know where that's at. So I went to day camp there, and for whatever reason, they had a pool table. Uh huh. So that's how I learned how to play pool. And then my dad taught me a little bit. Uh, my dad was really good. My dad was really? 
Well, my dad was the kind of guy who played poker. He played pool, and he liked betting on the races. So, Stop it. my dad was like that with like, but like sports. Yeah, he like an injured knee and like beat me at like basketball. And I'm just like I'm <laughs> done with basketball. Like, oh no! I know because you couldn't win. No, what, cause... I was like ten, and he would like beat me. Still now, like I, okay. I'm so bad at basketball. Do you think it would have been better for him to let you win a little bit so you'd build your confidence? Well, how yeah. would you feel? Do you think it would have been okay if he... Yeah. yeah. But then, you know what? Because I played basketball last year, and uh-huh. one, um, I fouled twice on a girl because I jumped on her. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of glad my dad sort of <laughs> gave me thicker skin because <laughs> I think if I jumped on him, he would have been like, dude, what are you doing? Right, so. right. Well, because I used to let my son Griffin, when he was really little, uh-huh. I would he loved to run. So we would I would have like a, a sprinting race with uh-huh. him, like up from one end of the block to the other. And he was little, so yeah. I would let him win because yeah. like it would just make him cry because he was, you know, t- he was like four or five years old. Yeah. So, but then the thing about letting him win, you know, because I'd be like, oh, you're so fast. Look, you beat mommy, right? Uh-huh. Then when he's about seven or eight years old, my husband's going to laugh at this because uh, we just mentioned this the other day. Uh-huh. He was cocky. Like, he was, like, you know, in my face and, like, you're slow, mom. And I was like, okay, let's go. And I sprinted. I pulled a hamstring when I did it, but I won. <laughs> it was totally worth it. And he was so upset. He was so mad at me. And uh, because and he's the kind of kid where if things don't come to him naturally, he gets frustrated and he quits. That's me. That's what is so that? me. I don't know. It's just, like, if I don't get it the first time, I'm like, the what? what's, why? Oh. Yeah. Let's fix that, thing. Reyna. I will. You just mentioned that you want to try stand-up comedy. So yes. You, so you cannot yes. just go, like, oh, I went up and nobody laughed. I'll never do no, it again. Because, like, I still get shows. After 27 years, I still have shows, Reyna, where people don't laugh at me. But you're, like, hilarious. You're so funny. Oh, you're I'm very sweet. So serious Thank you're so you. funny like and i'm like a teenager i'm supposed to be like mean but you're like funny like you're just so funny and like quick and witty which is something that i admire about you oh you're very kind and but here's the thing you're observant right the fact that you're involved in politics means that you're invested yeah. and you're you're watching how things unfold right yeah. you you're very sensitive to cruelty is my sense of you yeah. injustice yeah. really bothers you and those are really good elements of doing stand-up comedy is that you call attention to them mm-hmm. so with that in mind on politics how has what what have what have you noticed in the last year when it comes to like how do you feel about the general election was that exciting Oof. that it wasn't a huge red wave you know what Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, well, we were talking in my civic class about like how a red wave is going to happen. Um, but I was just like, I don't know. I had a feeling that young people were like over it because. But they, but they, they saved a lot of races and a very important races. You guys saved a lot I of know. very important races. I know. But it is a matter of uh, getting folks registered. Yes. Do you feel like your classmates are not <clears throat> in, invested in politics or government? Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, they're my, not. My freshman year, we talked about this. I think it was in my in my civics class or my English class. They were they were asked about whether they'd register to vote, right? And all of them were like, "Oh, absolutely not." And their reasoning was, "Yeah, nothing's gonna ever change." Right. I'm not being heard, which is like such a common and very disappointing thing. Right. For maybe for people who aren't involved in politics, but for me, that's something that I hear every day, even with people who can't vote, like younger generations like me, but even with like adults who are like registered, but they're like, yeah, I'm not going to vote because I'm like, I've been alive this long. Nothing has ever changed during my lifetime. So, oh, man, yeah, I know that's disappointing. I know that sucks. Well, and and the thing is that it has changed and for the worse for a lot of people. That's uh, like as, like during your lifetime, Roe v. Wade got overturned, folks. That's because there were people who got disengaged yeah. and weren't invested in it. Yeah, I 
that was such a mm, it's so frustrating because there's so many words you want to say that you, like, you're afraid that we'll get in trouble with the FCC. <laughs> yeah, I love you, FCC. I don't want to get in trouble. No, but it's just frustrating, you know. Like as somebody with like that kind of anatomy, just being somebody being like, "Yep, you can't do that anymore." Right. Like, just uh, just a cold cut yeah. is what it feels like, right? Yeah, of, it does. of like your uh, your body is not yours. Yeah. If something were to happen. Uh, you have to, you're forced, it's a forced yeah. birth situation. Yeah. It's crazy. And, like what I told a lot of people is like, we have a privilege of living in a state that like is, is blue is, is like pro women. But like, I'm thinking about like the women of color all around the United States that don't have that same privilege. And how, what can we do to help them? Right. Because being a woman of color in Alabama, where they are not as friendly as we are is, I bet it's really scary. So it's terrifying. It is, and that's. But it's not enough to get your peers invested, yeah. though, is it? Are they? They're like, well, it doesn't yeah. seem. It doesn't seem immediate. It doesn't seem real. Do you no, get the be, sense? No, no, it yeah. doesn't really. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the uh, mayoral race and some of these uh, aldermanic races? You don't have to tell us. Your, you don't have to tell us what your favorites are. <laughs> Well, um, well, here, let's start here. Yeah. What do you think about how big the field of uh, candidates, you know, it's, it's a lot, of, it's about 11 now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's what we saw four years ago. Right. The, the, the field was huge. There was like 12, 13 people, I believe. Yep. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Chicago's <laughs> a big city and sure. Lori Lightfoot hasn't been favorable amongst everybody, so... Anybody can win. Were you disappointed by the promise of her candidacy oh and God. sort of the reality? Yes, of course. I, you know, we lived through the ROM <laughs> era of Chicago. Yeah. And that was very scary. And that's something that a b- main reason why I joined politics was because of how awful he was. Um, but I had a lot of hope in Lori Life. You know, she's a woman of color. She's a queer woman. Like, I was just like, yes, she can see us. She, she understands. And then... She, like, walked in and was just like, I hate. Bye, everybody. So I was just like, girl, yeah. what are you doing? Why? No. So. Yeah, I agree. It, 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 a lot of things that she promised. Yeah. And, and I, do you ever see a politician and uh, you know what they've said previously? Yeah. And I always thought if you just played an audio recording or showed a, a quote that they had a- actually said, yeah. they would go, they would have an explanation. Yeah. But they don't. No. Like, I I think that's my heart. The hard part for me is letting go of my optimism sometimes, yeah. or working around it. I yeah. stay optimistic, yeah. um, but I uh, I have to recover better from disappointments. How's that? That's that's what I'm trying to do now. Like whenever I see like new politicians that are like cool, I'm just like yes. But then I'm also sitting. I have to realize that in a couple of years, will that optimi- Will that like? fire still be there right so i think that's the thing that makes like young people not want to go out because that fire that candidates have that is like they're super cool and they're progressive and everything well they still have that fire four years later right and that's what young people like want they want that yeah they want and they and they want someone who is you know transparent and truthful do you can you think of any electeds that you've i mean i think that we're both big fans of maggie (laughs) o'keefe of course right number one fan yeah same here i well we'll have to fight for number one fan if that's okay with you (laughs) i mean arm wrestling i'll take the senior position oh i don't know if i can arm wrestle i might not can i i can't either i have a bad shoulder (laughs) i have a bum shoulder but are there other electeds you can think of who continue to inspire you at the level they did when you first came across them um, oh my God, somebody, my alderman now, Matt Martin, I've been on his youth council for like a good hot minute and like 
I known him even before he ran for alderman. Like uh-huh. in my, my elementary school, I believe I think he was either a parent representative or a community uh, member. Okay, but seeing that fire there, and then him being like, "What's up, young people? Come join me. I don't. I don't only want to film a TikTok with you. I want you to be involved in in policy making and how what's it called tip money moves along." Right. I was just like, "Yeah, that's so dope. I love that." So. And is he, uh, I've heard a lot of great things about yes. Alderman Mar- Martin. He's awesome. He's, I really do love him. He's really cool. What are your thoughts on him? I think he's one of the champions of trying to make sure that pedestrians and bikers are safer. Yes. Yeah, because that's something I'm, I'm getting more aware of and trying to be more invested in. Mm-hmm. And because uh, do you ride do you ride a bike? No, I no. don't know how to ride a bike. <laughs> you don't know how to, it's okay. <laughs> Same thing with Griffin. You know why? Because he wasn't good at it the first time. I he was, said, you know what? I'm gonna. Yes. I'm gonna defend him. Okay. I started crying the first couple times to learn how to ride a bike. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna stand with him. Yeah, I agree. I'm saying he wasn't good at it the first time. There was a. I have to tell. You, I have this on Facebook somewhere. When he was about seven, we uh-huh. were in the forest preserve and we were trying to get him like to help him ride and stuff, and he fell. Uh-huh. And uh, and we were, you know, we ran over. We're like, "Are you okay?" He goes, "You know what I think, mommy." I think that when man learned how to use language, that's how they, they and they started naming things. Is when they started trying to organize things, and that's when they decided to have laws. And mm-hmm. and uh, it, but it was because they weren't afraid of being eaten by larger animals. Is the only reason that we came up with language and laws. And I, and he was like, "What do you think, mommy?" And I'm like, "I think you need to start p- practicing balance." <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't pra- he wasn't paying attention. That's how his mind works. Is he like riding? He's not at all thinking about like. You know, are there bikes in front of me? Are there yeah. pedestrians? He's like, he, he, so your mind, you have so many things going on. I, so I don't, I don't hold it against him <laughs> at all or against you that you don't like all of it. It's, I get it. Right. Yeah. Do you have a driver's license? Neither does Griffin. It's okay. What? Oh my God. My <laughs> do you want to drive? I do. Uh-huh. Only reason I'm scared is one, I feel like, and I learned this with like being a human and doing <laughs> right? politics and doing working in a restaurant and everything is that my anger um i need to learn uh, i get angry really easily so i feel like if somebody cuts me off i'm just gonna be like just cursing them out <laughs> and also i'm scared of like because like you ever seen those games in like in arcades mm-hmm. and like you have to drive them like the motorcycles and sure. the cars uh-huh. i always crash into something so i feel like that's how it's gonna be in real life it's not the same um, thing i know but my godmother keeps telling me to go get it and i want to go get it but i'm just scared do you have the driver's ed courses yes i just finished them sophomore okay. year so. and i think you can go you can take classes so you can get more practice in the car too because that's what i need i feel yeah. like as long as i get confident behind the wheel i'm perfectly fine like yeah. memorizing i'm fine with and everything but yeah. as long as you are an offensive driver and not a defensive driver not not offensive like i'm offended <laughs> but being on the offense yeah. right and sort of like being aware and going with traffic and because defensive drivers uh, get really aggressive yeah. and you have to like if someone is a jerk to you in traffic you have to just go oh that happened because yeah that's all just yeah. go with the flow you know just try just it's you can you can find the zen of driving yeah. is all it'll be once you get once you get there I know, it's I'm an, excited to have a car I yeah. want to have like a huge car which I know my mom's like <laughs> rolls her eyes every time I say that but I want one of those the big, big pickup big, truck big, what do you want cars that are like pink yeah yes but do you want like a big like a big like a big pink cadillac or a big pink suv what I do you want, want? A, a yukon gmc heck yes all right being like a, a little latina just hopping out of like a huge <laughs> a huge car i love that yeah, yeah. no it's awesome so reina you are the deputy uh committee woman for the 40th yes. ward uh-huh. uh what are some of the so for folks who aren't familiar with what committee people do yes. what does uh what's what you know what would you like to tell people 
about inspiring young folks like yeah. you to get involved in community politics. What is it about being a deputy committee woman that you enjoy? Hmm. Well, my I, the thing that I mostly enjoy is meeting like candidates, like mm-hmm. not people that are run, not people that are like at, like in office right now. Meeting candidates like from the ground up is a thing that like keeps me like in politics. Like meeting candidates that are excited to run and like are excited to push what's it called community values and sure. not like machine values or something that I really like. Um, and also organizing, meeting the community is fun because meeting people face to face and them being like thank you for doing this i'm just like ah, oh, that's really sweet i really like that so that's that's, that's wonderful and what year in high, you're a junior in high yes. school now oh my god i feel old yes no, I'm a oh, junior. are you t- okay please no <laughs> i feel so old i'm a junior because last year i don't know yeah it, it was weird it's okay junior year was my favorite year i was just thinking about this <laughs> i felt bad that my son you missed all of freshman year in, per- yes, in person so you must have missed glad, though <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing I wrong. I needed with- that break from eighth grade to freshman year. Sure, I think that was uh, it worked was out. Like, oh, yes. It worked out all right. I uh, junior year was my favorite year. Um, I didn't really date that much, like in high school. I dated more when I went to college. Yeah, I. Sucks. Oh, people I know. at school, they're nice. I I love people at school, but yeah, college. Yeah. College is where everything is. Like it, it, you get to be whoever you want. There's no. Like people who knew you freshman year or like something you got made fun of for one thing or yeah. well, you're not locked into the expectations of others as you are in high school and college. It's also not that. I just, and I realize that a lot of people tell me that I'm mature and I'm just like, that's not true. But then like, I realize like being with people, I'm just like, oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Let's take a break here. We're hanging out with Reina Lopez Alcantar who is the deputy committee woman for the 40th Ward. Did I get that all right? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I try to remember. I, it's like I saw you. I'm like, Trina. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I had to get her name right. So thank you for bearing with me. Of course, you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, let's, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. We are at the Whiskey Girl Tavern for the 40th Ward Dems holiday fundraiser. Yes. And uh, we're here until, what's the event till? It's from 6 till 8? 7.30. 6 till I 7. Mean, if you want to say till 8. Right, exactly. <laughs> I know. My husband's like, you told me you'd be home by 8.30. I'm trying, sweetie, but we're we're at Whiskey, Ta- Whiskey Girl Tavern. We're, uh, we're here partying. And the like, pool tables sorry. are open. I'm just saying. The pool tables know, are open. Oh, I'm so excited. This is a, this beautiful, here. like, seating area here with the booths. And, oh, and this, this is so Christmas, even though it's not yes. snowing, which I'm excited it's not. Yeah. I don't need that. But. Hey, we'll to come back. We'll talk about the moderate weather we're having for the holiday season. Again, we're with Deputy Committee Woman Reina Lopez Alcantar. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. If you want to text anything, 773-763-9278. We'll be right back after this on WCP. PT 820. We're driving it home until 7 on the Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Hello. We are broadcasting live from Whiskey Girl Tavern in... What, are we in... Uh, this isn't Rogers Park, is it? What neighborhood? No, it's... Ooh. Yeah, right? It's I'm near t- Rogers Park. Maggie, what neighborhood are we in? West Edgewater. Oh, I, I would that. I I never would have guessed now. that. That's a, why I don't feel bad. Uh, I didn't know. I've been, I know, but I've been I'm, here for like forever. I've been 51 
for a while, and I, I have been in the city my whole life, West Edgewater. Yeah, I would never have known that that was the neighborhood, because I know I drove through, like, Budlong Woods, and yeah. even that, I didn't really even know. Because, yeah. it- like, Rogers Park is, like, two, three blocks down Exactly. That That's why so. I thought it was Rogers Park. Yeah. We were hanging out with a deputy committee woman of the 40th Ward, Reina Lopez Acantar, <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we, we are expecting a, a full room of folks from the 40th Ward. I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of candidates here. Last yes. year, there were a lot of judicial candidates. Yes. How exciting to see how many Latinas won oh judicial God, races, that Reina. That makes me so, so proud. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That makes me smile so much. Yeah. Everybody. Araceli de la Cruz. Yes. Uh, Diana Lopez. Yes. Uh, it was so many women. Uh, Jamie Guerra. Uh, but that was from the last race, I think. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I'm excited. This is kind of a big open floor yes. plan this time, because last year there was like a bar in the middle, and everyone was like uh, trying to talk over each other. Uh, well, who are you excited to see tonight that you know is coming? You have any? Uh, oh my God! Um, I know a lot of like mayoral candidates are. Coming, are they coming? So I'm Ooh. hoping that I could ask them some questions. Sure. Because I like to be nosy, and also that's my job as a constituent. But yeah, outstanding. So there you go, folks. There's going to be some uh, mayoral candidates coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also, I'm going to have Cam Buckner at Taste in Rogers Park on mm-hmm. Wednesday. We're broadcasting from there from, with Monaco Brewing. Mm-hmm. There'll be a, a beer tasting there. And uh, and tonight we've got uh, the 40th Ward Dems. Now, it's not just for people who live in the 40th yeah. Ward. It's for people who want to support the work that you and committee woman Maggie O'Keefe do. Yeah. Uh, how is, uh, what are some of the things that you guys are working on right now? So we just finished our endorsement sessions. We met with candidates that are running for mayor, uh-huh. are running for alder person, every position in the, that touches the 40th Ward. Okay. We interviewed you. Um, and then right now we're going to just wait for next year for the mayoral election because yeah. that's the big thing. I mean, we just finished with the midterms and we were out campaigning for J.B. Pritzker and people like that. So yeah. yeah. Who were some of the candidates that you guys liked from the mayoral race, would you say? Who impressed you? You don't have to, tell, you don't have to say your very no, favorite, no. but... Uh... I I met Brandon Johnson um, and like... Obviously, Trey Garcia is running everybody else, but at, like he kept sticking out to me. Everybody did that, and it was like Brandon Johnson, Brandon Anderson. So I was like, you know what? Let me meet him, and I got to know him. And I was like, oh, he has that, he has like that, that fire that I haven't felt about a candidate in a really? good hot minute. He's oh, that's super great! Cool, I know. Okay, but yeah, he's really cool. Um, uh, who else? I think Sophia King. She okay, was also cool. I liked her a lot. That's great. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, but. And then for the for the aldermanic races, yes. uh, as you know, in my neighborhood, I have uh, Jim Gardner in the 40th, 5th Ward. Ooh. So I was out door knocking for Susanna Ernst uh-huh. on uh, Saturday. It, and I told a constituent, like, I was, I was I wanted to be involved, yeah. but I wasn't sure how much and because yeah. of this. And, and look, this is a commentary show. And. Uh, the candidates, you know, we I can talk about who I'm uh, I'm favoring and things yeah. like that, I believe. And uh, but when I saw that video of him going after a grandmother, I told people this weekend, like I'm going to be very active because did you see there was a CBS News story and there's a video of him out there. There were volunteers out door knocking with kids with them. And he rolls up in his truck, jumps out of his car and starts demanding to know who these people are, where they're from, where do the kids go to school. Ew. Starts yelling at them about running a clean campaign, even though the candidate wasn't there. It was a grandmother with her kids, Ew. with her grandkids. I, I like the That's rage. So the, uh, well, I felt traumatized by it because yeah. like I ran for office and I know that what I was vulnerable to, what I was exposed to, yeah. what what happened during that race. And the thing is, for me. Like, 
you know, like I was kind of, I went out door knocking. I'm like, people are going to be afraid to volunteer for campaigns if they see that this is how they're going to yeah. get treated. This yeah. is silencing people. Yeah. And I am not, I, I, I'm not here for that. And he knew what he was doing. Absolutely. You as an elected official should know the Just, impact that you have right. on what you do, what you say. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That wasn't appropriate. Can't imagine. Because I, I used to go door knocking with my dad when I was six years old. So I think that was also what I was thinking about. Yeah. Like, if I'd been out with my dad and someone came up to him and started yelling at him about, you know, th- things that hadn't, were nothing between the two of them. Yeah. And we're, uh-huh. been like, you would have been like, what the heck? Who yeah. are you? Like, right. And I don't know if I would have pursued a, 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 a political uh, path no. in life. No. no I would not. Scary. Yeah, it is scary. So that's one of the things. What, have you ever come across people who are, like, very con- contentious or try to, like, get in your face about things? I mean, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> what does that mean? They're not going to mess with you? No, look at me. I'm a brown woman. Of course, people come up to me all the time and are, like, yeah. in my face, which is, like, Isn't that crazy? why? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a human being campaigning for a person that I agree with, a person who's with my values. Right. Why? I don't say anything to you. Why are you coming up to me and being like that? Yeah. I, uh, well, I'm glad that you have the confidence and the courage to c- continue doing this. I Thank know that you. you've got really folks to check in. Uh, of course. Uh, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I want to have you in again sometime in studio. Yes, And I'll course. be doing more of these. So maybe we'll talk about a, a venue that in your community that you'd like to, for, you know, if you're doing any gatherings, I'll be there. Oh, my God, love yes. It. Thank you so much. Again, we've been talking to Deputy Committee Woman Reina Lopez Alcantar. Yes. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank I you, love thank you so much. I love you. you. <laughs> We're going to get your driver's license soon. Oh, <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> we'll take a break here. More after this on WCPT 820. Driving it home till 7 with me, Patty Vasquez. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Woohoo! I am so excited. I, I can't take too much of her time, but I have committee woman Maggie O'Keefe from the 40th Ward. You can't hear anything? No. I can hear you. Hold on. I got rid of all the sound. Can you hear me? Only if you can hear me. Can okay, hear? I can hear you right That's here. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need is okay. me. Um, Maggie has uh, an event right now at Whiskey Girl Tavern. I've yanked her away from all of her guests to take 10 minutes to check in. First of all, tell us like what an event like this means to your organization and how it uplifts the work that you do. Yeah, thank you. So we host our annual holiday party because we... Every year it has an election, basically, and so we're getting ready for the municipals. Uh, and more than likely, we're going to have a runoff election, so we need to raise funds for mail and talking to voters to make sure they get out and vote. I mean, back in the 2019 election, I think we had, was it a 27% turnout? So 29 So bad. Yeah, and having run in that election, I know how hard it is to, like, try to bolster that vote uh, here in the 40th where we actually increased voter turnout by 27 percent in that 2019 um, election and wow. so like I just want to keep building on that momentum because we have another contested mayoral race we have another you know we have we have other races across in the 40th and these new police district boards that have contentious races and so we need to get out the vote to make sure that we have the right people representing us um, in city council and city hall and otherwise. And if folks, let's say somebody lived in a ward that didn't have a very uh, present committee person, mm. let's, or, or for people who say, I wish I could do something, how do I get involved? How do I start uh, reaching voters? How, what, what should I do to get involved? Spreading uh, the word. Prob- uh, if your committee person is absent, I would highly suggest creating an IPO. 
so like a like a an organization that is not connected to the party but you can create your own independent precinct organization mm-hmm. um you know become <laughs> you're like what is yeah, this I'm sorry, let me take some notes continue <laughs> um, uh, an ipo yeah okay. i mean there's a lot that have, there's many that popped up um hold on in, one second judge weaver i want to talk to you at 6 30 okay. all right we're on the air <laughs> um, so you can you can start bolstering up that inf- that i mean i know we have one in the 48th ward we used to have one here in the 40th ward um and there there are uh, they're they, they're all over. Um, I don't know. And, I didn't know this. Yeah, it's okay. uh, it's basically a pseudo committee person. Excellent. So I always welcomed it. We like I said, the 40th used to have one, but they had since closed down. Um, it's really hard to run an organization. Um, I would imagine that's it, one of the reasons why it's hard for me to like say I want to run it because uh-huh. of Declan and uh-huh. things that have gone on. But I I want to find some folks. To, maybe I can do it as like a, a team. Something like that, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Usually you want to get, like, a, whoever is the president, vice president, right. treasurer. Um, anyway, it's it's a, a great way to um, to get involved in your own community. But then you can also look at what other people are doing, too, if there are any nonprofits, if they're not political, you know, or if they have a C4 versus a C3. Um, a C4 is, like, the political arm of an organization. So, for example... Planned Parenthood, right? They're a C3. They're the 501C3, but Planned Parenthood Illinois Action is the C4. That's who can endorse candidates. That's but that those are the people that can go out and knock doors for you on behalf of a candidacy or, or an issue. Okay, so you all you have a can, you have an office for the 40th Ward Dems for uh-huh. folks. You have volunteers that work there, uh-huh. people who and I know you've had folks who walk by and go, "Hey, what what is this all about? Totally. What are you guys doing?" So when they come in, what do you talk? What do you say to them? Oh, well, we make sure that they're registered to vote. Um, a lot of people are trans the office is in Andersonville, and so a lot of people have like moved in recently, but they didn't change their voter address, things like that. So, you know, we make sure that they're registered to vote. But oftentimes, people come in because they see the sign. It says I can register you to vote here, and they come in with questions about the upcoming election or where do they vote. So we'll tell them where their polling places are and things like that. Okay. Excellent. And, and then a lot of polling places, people talked about this in the last election. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks had their polling places move. How did it go during the general for you with constituents? You know what? It was fairly smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, what I, I, what I ended up doing this year um, was I reached out to at least one of our election judges in each precinct location mm-hmm. to make sure that they had my phone number in case there was any issues. We then dropped off a QR code for any voter that came to the wrong polling place they were able to find their polling place like that oh what a smart idea but like i but i had to go do that work right like it's not like the board of elections is telling us to do that i mean i think people were getting their voter id cards the day of the election this year i know i received mine i opened up my mail at like you know 1 a.m whatever time i got home and my voter ID card was in there with my new polling place. (laughs) Okay. Right. Yeah. So we have to go the extra mile, the extra step. And that's what donating to your, your local organization can do. Um, That's what we do with that, with that money. We make sure we can get out there and talk to voters, get out there, make sure that we have election judges that are qualified to do it, that like have done it before. Uh, It's really, really hard these days after COVID, Um, like polling places closed. Like you said, uh, we just went through the consolidation of precincts. So like in the 40th ward, we went from 39 precincts to 23. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And like in the long term, it's the good, the right thing to do. But in the short term, it causes a lot of confusion. A lot, a little bit of chaos. So, 
What are you excited about in this upcoming uh, municipal race for the uh, mayoral candidates, the aldermanic race? It's a <laughs> lot. It's a face. lot of work. It's I know. That grimace face yeah. emoji. Um, what am I? What's energizing about? you? I think we're going to see um, the Latino vote really be uh, increased okay. um, in this in this election. Um, that I am, is exciting. Yeah. I, so I'm on a campaign now. I'm the campaign manager for Jessica Gutierrez for 30th Ward Alderman. And, um, you know, that ward is so interesting because on the east side, it's like affluent, um, you know, way more resources, like right next to the highway, like big, beautiful, gorgeous houses, but and really great families. And then on the west side, it's Latino. It's, uh, you know, multi-generational families in there. You got six voters in the house, right? And so there is this divide. Quite literally, Addison is the only thing that connects that ward. Um, And so, and if you look at the voter breakdown on the east side versus the west side, I hate to say what versus, but if you look at the, the dynamics, it's like two times the amount of people are voting in the east side to the west side. Really? So we got to change that. And I think that we have some candidates that have the opportunity to do that in this election because we have a very contentious mayoral race. Um, but, you know, time will tell. We'll see what we can do. I wonder how much, you know, they, they talk a lot about in uh, Texas, these young uh, Republican women who, you know, yeah. along the Rio Grande, which is a, a area that my mother is from. And, and she's concerned about how conservatives are reaching them through primarily through radio, through Spanish speaking radio. Excellent. And, Love that. Well, but then, but they're, but they're, what I'm saying, like, this is a tool, like the, the Chicago land, Spanish speaking radio stations are really important. Absolutely. Uh, things that are, things that are familiar and feel safe, like whether it's church organizations, family organizations, mm-hmm. community organizations are really important in Latino families and like where they get medical services and things like that. Uh, places that they trust are the best places to, I think, reach them as well. That's I why agree. I, yeah. I, you know, my uh, fiance slash soon to be husband, Justin, works at Oak Street Health. And Oak oh, Street great. Health helps, you know, seniors. seniors. Yeah. It's mostly Medicaid um, or Medicare. Uh, and... But they have a program internally for their staff to get them registered vote. And they help people in the facilities to be to become registered to vote as well. So right. our seniors. Perfect. Why aren't we doing that in all aspects of mm-hmm. not only government or, you know, whatever, um, but why aren't we doing that in all types of industries and businesses? And I think that's where when we talk about youth vote or younger votes or multi-generational families like living in the same household, that's how we can bolster this vote by talking to them directly, even at their workplace. Exactly. Yeah, that's smart. IMO. 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 I love, I love you. You know what I love right now is that you have this event going on behind you Uh and you are so focused. I I know you're so focused. I mean, like you just are so invested in everything you do. I know that you have to get back, but if there's one thing you want to discuss before you go, what's, Mm. what's on your mind? Like what's the first thing that comes to mind that you want to make sure people know about? Um, You know, here in Illinois, we are um, very lucky and fortunate to have the resources that we do to whether it's like women's right to choose. Um, We're going to pass this assault bans weapon, um, assault weapons ban, uh, hopefully by uh, May. Uh, You know, we have elected officials that actually care Mm -hmm. about us. Um, You know, there are pockets that certainly 
don't. And so that's where we have to organize and double down, make sure that we hold the line like we did with the Illinois Supreme Court, right? Where we hold the line, yeah. making sure that our governor got reelected, holding the line, making sure that all the top executive offices have the people that we need in there to continue the work that they've been doing. And then when we look at, you know, smaller local races, like the one that we're having here in February, uh, that's where you can make really meaningful change because it really does come down to a handful of votes. In yeah. The 33rd Ward, for example, Deb Mal versus Rosana Rodriguez, she won by 13 votes. Like she crazy. won by 13 votes. Okay. It's painful for me. I, I love uh, Rosanna Rodriguez. Only my, my campaign manager was Deb Mel's. Like they came in and late. That, and <laughs> they came in late. And, and it was Elena. Sure. It was Elena Hampton and uh, Abby. Interesting. We're both working that race at the oh, end. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I know. But it was, you're right. It's 13 votes. 13 votes. And so you really can be a game changer um, yeah. with your vote and you talking to your neighbors about voting. That's amazing. Uh, Maggie, Maggie O'Keefe, and you mentioned this bill. You're, you're uh, inviting over... Uh, Sarah next- Konishnik, she just won her Lake County board race up in Lake County in like the Ela Township area. Uh, yeah, she'll talk to you about the assault weapons ban um, that's coming. Sarah Konishnik. Konishnik. I got to pra- I got to practice this one. <laughs> Konishnik. Sarah Commissioner. Sarah Konishnik. Uh, no. I don't know if she's a commissioner. What's county it board. County chair, board ma- member. Chair, not a chair. Member. She's not a member. County board member. Okay, I got the intro ready for the next guest. Yes. Sarah, co- county board member. No, it's Lake Will- County. Lake County board member. Sarah Kondishnik. Okay, it's coming up. It's coming up to talk about the the uh, assault weapons legislation that hopefully will go through by May. Excellent. Absolutely. You got it. Excellent, Maggie. Go get them. Go enjoy your evening. Congratulations. You. Already folks coming in. We're at Whiskey Girl Tavern for the 40th Ward Dems holiday fundraiser. We'll be right back after this on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez, here till 7 on Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are we are live at Whiskey Girl Tavern, and joining me is Lake County board member who just won their election. She can't hear me. I don't know why you can't hear me on the. That's very. You can hear me now. Excellent. Uh, she just won her position on the Lake County board. Sarah Konishnik joins me on the. Now, is there a title or just county uh, Lake County board member? Uh, we sometimes refer to ourselves as commissioners. Commissioner. Lake County commissioners. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Congratulations thank, on your win. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Now, one of the. the First of all, how long have you been involved in in government? Well, I've been a grassroots gun violence prevention and criminal justice reform advocate professionally for six years, um, total about eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what was what what? What was the catalyst for you? What was the inspiration to say, you know what, I really need to roll my sleeves up and get involved now? Mm Well, I'm a suburban soccer mom, and uh, six years ago, I had um, a 12-year-old and a 16-year-old, and I was just really um, tired of wondering if uh, that each day I dropped them off at school was the day that you know their school might be shot up. Uh, but I was incredibly fortunate because I got engaged right away as a grassroots advocate. I started the first Moms Demand Action Group in the northern suburbs uh, right about that time. Uh, but I was very fortunate because the very first bill that I worked on in Springfield was called the Gun Dealer Licensing Act, which was focused at reducing the trafficking of um, illegally purchased firearms. And that is a problem that primarily affects underserved communities. And I was fortunate because I was able to learn from the best there is at um, the professionals who are 
doing an outstanding job at reducing gun violence in our most underserved communities. I understand it may not seem that way with the gun violence mm-hmm. rate so high in Chicago, uh, but that had a lot to, that has had a lot to do with COVID and, and the, the fallout from that. Trust me, if it weren't for the professionals who are succeeding every day at uh, stopping violence, um, the problem would be far worse. And that's something I know came up even today in the uh, the hearings, committee hearings for, I don't know if it was the House or the Senate in the state of Illinois, mm-hmm. but the you know they did have someone from the Highland Park shooting, and they also had people from black and brown communities who were like, we don't often get the same kind of coverage. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on, on some of the, the information that was being shared at today's hearings? So my thoughts are I'm really delighted that the Protecting Illinois Communities Act will uh, ban assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, and rapid-fire devices. It will also do some really important things like raising the minimum age when you can get a FOID card in Illinois from 18 to 21. Uh, that is, Those are very positive changes, but the simple truth is they really don't go anywhere near far enough. And when I look at the Protecting Illinois Communities Act as a whole, I don't see a clear understanding on the part of the legislators who wrote that bill that we really must prioritize ending gun violence in our most underserved communities because that gun violence is what drives the gun violence everywhere. And I'd like to just quickly make that connection for your listeners. When gun violence is high in underserved black and brown communities, the gun lobby and the gun industry, not gun owners and not the majority of even gun dealers, but the industry and the lobby uh, and the uh, elected officials that are um, in their, uh, under their control, um, they want gun violence to be high in our underserved communities because when it's high, the industry uses fear and racist marketing techniques in order to sell guns everywhere. And when you combine that with several decades, as we've had in the United States, of um, dismantling cultural norms around um, what it means to use and own guns safely and responsibly, what it adds up to is communities everywhere awash in firearms. And if, and lo and behold, here we are, where if you know you can live in a community of privilege and you have to worry about whether or not your child will encounter an unsecured firearm at the neighbor's house or a child uh, in your neighborhood will bring, who's deeply disturbed, might bring a a gun um, into the school, into your child's school. So when I look at the Protecting Illinois Communities Act, I'm very happy that it has such strong support, that it's likely to pass. Uh, But my biggest concern is that we can't come away from this experience ending assault weapons or passing an assault weapons ban in Illinois and think that the problem has been solved. Because as long as uh, we fail to address not just the gun violence that happens in our underserved communities, but address its root causes, including inequities in the criminal justice system, then we're just putting a Band-Aid on the problem. You are a force of nature, aren't you? <laughs> well, thank you. What were you so you, you said that about six, eight years ago was when you started getting involved. Mm-hmm. What, what, was your, what were you doing uh, previously, in it, or what are you doing in addition to the work that you do now? Well, previously I was an English as a second language teacher. I did that job for 17 years and I absolutely loved it. Um, but this sort of fell into my lap because I was so deeply, I didn't intend, I started out as a volunteer in gun violence prevention. I didn't intend to become a professional, but I was so deeply moved uh, by the people who are doing violence prevention work on the west side of Chicago. Um, and 
so there's an outstanding organization called the Institute for Nonviolence Chicago that uh, between 2016 when it started and 2019 at the beginning of the pandemic, they succeeded at reducing gun violence in Austin by 50%. How? Five zero. What? They're an amazing organization and they deserve so much support and they've gotten it. Um, they obviously need more, but they have gotten a lot of support. But as I would drive home to Lake County, I'd have to drive through Oak Park. And I was really struck by how the people of Oak Park, this really affluent community, they're, they're living just one mile from where these violence interrupters who are formerly, um, often, not always, but often formerly incarcerated, formerly gang affiliated. And they, without guns, without bulletproof vests, they're literally putting themselves in the bull- in front of the bullets. Yeah. And the people of Oak Park, I was so struck by how they weren't, they had no idea that they were safer because of the work of these unsung heroes. And I decided at that point, this was about six years ago, that we needed that in Lake County. Sure. Uh, so I approached the previous state's attorney in Lake County, and I asked him for this type of violence prevention work in Lake County. He said all the right things, but then didn't do anything substantial to help me um, bring that type of violence prevention program to Lake County. So to be perfectly honest, I thought, well, we need a new state's attorney. Uh, so the current state's attorney, Eric Reinhardt, uh, I'm incredibly proud to be um, working with him now as mm-hmm. the chair of the new gun violence prevention initiative in Lake County. And we just um, a few weeks ago announced the founding of our first community violence interruption program in Lake County. And what's key is we're actually the Lake County State's Attorney's Office, one of only three prosecutor's offices in the country that house an office of violence prevention. And that is revolutionary because we're integrating efforts to reduce gun violence, the acute problem in our gun violence in our underserved communities, while at the same time that we're creating alternatives to arrest and incarceration for nonviolent offenses. So we are way out ahead in Lake County, um, really pretty much all the rest of the country. And uh, I just can't wait to see the rest of the country jump on board. Well, thank you so much for your dedication, for your hard work and passion for this. Thank you. Uh, we, and, 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 I, and I appreciate And I want to find out more about this organization that you mentioned. Uh, one more time, can you remind us, in Austin? Uh, that's called the Institute for Nonviolence Chicago. It's one of many outstanding community violence interruption programs in Chicago. And I encourage um, anybody listening that would like to learn more, um, look up Communities Partnering for Peace. And you can find these sort of peacemakers in your own community here in Chicago. Well, we need more of that. And mm-hmm. uh, and with folks like you get, getting involved, like I said, rolling up their sleeves. I, I, and and I, I am with you. I'm, I'm feeling positive about the legislation in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Before you go, what can folks do to help make that a reality, this legislation that they're working on? So they can call their legislators. Um, now, if you live in the Chicago area, the chances are good that your uh, Illinois House representative and senator is going to be supportive of this bill. Uh, go ahead and call them and thank them if they're co-sponsoring or support planning to vote for the bill. But go a step further and call your friends and family in other parts of the state. And that's really key. Ask them to contact their legislators and ask them to vote for House Bill 5855, the Protecting Illinois Communities Act. 
Again, we've been talking to Commissioner Sarah Koniznik. I want to, again, congratulate you. Uh, She's the Lake County Board, and uh, I know we'll be hearing more and talking to you again. Love to have you back on the show sometime, okay? Thank you so much, Patty. Absolutely, anytime. <laughs> My mic is always open for you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy. We'll take a break here. I think we're going to talk to Judge uh, Mike Weaver when we come back. Do you know Judge Mike Weaver? I don't, but I'd you, love to. To know him is to love him. I'm just saying, I'll introduce <laughs> you more after this on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. Mm. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I'm so excited. I am so excited to welcome Judge Mike Weaver to this show. Uh, did not think he, he did not know he was going to see. I didn't know who I was going to be able to grab. And you walked in. I was like, ha, I got my closer. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, so we were just talking about how we saw, we didn't see each other. We didn't meet each other at this same event last year. Correct. It was very crowded in a very small space. Yes. And what I was wearing a mask. Makes? Uh, yes. I was wearing a mask the whole time. Yes. I'll probably wear one today. Right. But how, how are you? How's your holiday season going? Good so far. I mean, I got. I'm gonna uh, move this closer to you. Yes, yes. Thank there you. we go. Thank you. So I got uh, sworn in a week ago today. Yes, so that I, was great. I saw that you put it up on Zoom. I'm sorry, I didn't watch the whole thing. That's all right. How it did was, it go? Uh, uh, I don't really remember it because huh? it's like. <laughs> It's just, like a, it's just a blur because it's, it's like, oh, it's finally here. Yeah. Um, so, but it was fantastic. My uh, my husband said it went well. So. According to others, <laughs> it was fantastic. I said I will and went at the appropriate spots and raised my hand. No, but it's been great. I mean, we're just um, busy again like because now we're in orientation and, and what we call judges school, just learning so much. So I feel like I'm... I, uh, a first-year law student again, just absorbing information, but I'm loving it. I'm leaving with a smile on my face every day. So I feel like that would make a great sitcom. Do you think Judges School would be a good sitcom? It I'm would. Just... It would be probably wholly inappropriate. Cause right? Because like, you can't really have it. Like, we're supposed to be very esteemed and... I don't know. I need someone on the inside. How do I? Is, are, are people ever allowed to like take like a like proctor the class or anything? Like, can I just sit in on the class of judges school? I will not be your source. Oh my gosh, judges school. Yeah. So do you have like a locker? Do you like are people like picking on you on the playground and stuff? No, like not yet. And then um, pick up games of one on one basketball. What do you do? Playing horse? What do you do? At well, it's again all by Zoom. Oh, then, oh so man. but but we are in person um, a couple days during okay. the week, which is nice. And it's great because there's a group of. 17 of us who are in, um, who are all new judges, just recently elected in November. And um, so it's been fun to like sort of hear all their journeys of how they got to the bench because no path is the same really. And people ran countywide, people ran in sub-circuits. So, and all different backgrounds, which is a lot of fun. I mean, one of the reasons why I decided to get into this gig. So, so where, when you finish judges school, let folks know where you will be traffic, judging. Traffic, traffic. court. Okay. So, so all of us, all 17 of us start in traffic court. And because it's a really sort of good entry-level way, because a lot of it is sort of small misdemeanors or, or what they call petty offenses, sort of like uh, running a stoplight. There's more serious ones like the DUIs that, sure. that we that we handle as well. But um, traffic's a good start to sort of learn how to run a docket because the volume's pretty high. You might have 40 or 50, 70 tickets in one call. And so you just have to sort of be able to manage yourself and make sure you get through the docket. So also people who are in who have jobs and other things aren't sitting there for four hours waiting right. you to figure out what you're doing. So, yeah. So. I, I've talked to another judge, uh, and we don't have to go to the names, but she another good friend uh, who just loves being a judge. She was doing traffic court. She's talked about like being on Zoom and things like that and how much better she thinks it is in, some, in many ways for well, folks. Yeah, because I think it's, especially for, for these offenses, because used, it used to be someone who would get a traffic citation, they'd have to come in and they'd have to take a day off of work. Yep. They'd have to travel downtown to go to the Daily Center, 
and, and spend the money for either parking or commuting. And now you can be on for five or ten minutes. I mean, a lot of our folks Zoom from their office or from their car or where they're about to work. They're not driving. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be another offense. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so they're able to do it pretty easily. And we've actually, I mean, I've talked to our presiding judge, the amount of people who are actually showing up to court has increased because it's so much more convenient for them sure. as opposed to having to take. So justice being served. And why would you ever get rid of that then? So exactly. it seems as though it's going to be a permanent I, I think element. for that, at least the, the minor offenses, yeah. I mean, obviously when you do a jury, a jury like trial and yeah. DUIs and more serious sure. motions, you need to bring the parties in. But for, for these petty offenses, I, th- I think it's a, a really good system for, for both people. I had, and I, don't know if we've, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. So about 12 years ago, I was driven off the road by a Porsche Cayenne. Oh. Uh, he slammed into me from behind. And I, and I remember the whole time I was spinning, I thought, I'll, I, I was one, I was anticipating another car hitting me. Yeah. And then I was also thinking it was near Thanksgiving, and I was thinking about my boys and my husband. I was, you know, what was weird is that I was thinking about how disappointing this would be for them. Like, you know, like, like I, I, this really, what a horrible way to go and stuff yeah. like that. And so my car was actually like the whole side, the pat, the driver's side door was uh, crushed into me. Oh my god! Uh, somehow I avoided like all and the it, major, like they had the jaws of life. And I'm, the, my my point being, like it was a very long day in court. Uh, he had he, he had anti anti anxiety medication and amphetamines in his system, and it was a long day at court. And ultimately, he only got a because he had a, a doctor in court who said he had prescribed this to him, which didn't make sense. And I had like a state, you know, my lawyer was on vacation. I couldn't get a hold. It was the weirdest thing. But but here's the thing: is that people go into court, and like it still burns a little bit for me. There was yeah. a five hundred dollar fine for failure to stop to avoid an accident or to slow down. Right? That was his. That was it. Um, but people have this in, impression that when they go to court, it's to seek justice. And it's not necessarily the case, is it? It's right. often to find out what the law says about what happened. Right, right. Because right? you could have an understanding of, like, what you think should happen. Yes, I definitely and, do. And, and then that's, like, what... what does happen to the law. And we, don't do, we don't do quartering and draw, drawing and Right, right, anymore. not right. anymore. Yeah, well, okay. certain courts. Yes. But, um, and so it, it really then, they sort of, like, well, this justice system isn't working, and then I'll go back to what we've talked about tons of times, vote, because it is yes. your, your representatives and state reps who are making the laws. So if you say, hey, we need a harsher penalty for that, I can only follow the law and what's, right. what's going on. And so really go to the, the state rep or the state senator. Um, to, to make those changes. And so, so I think part of the, of being a judge is you educate the person in front of you. Yes. Who's like, why, like, Patty, this is, this is what's going on. This is what the law yeah. says. And this is why I have to find you and hopefully not kill your day of eight hours to, to finally get to that. And it I was think that. luckily yeah. Zoom is yeah. doing a little bit better at that. So. Well, and, and that was the thing was that my father-in-law had passed away and it was the day of his funeral. And my and my lawyers were on vacation and I couldn't get anyone to delay. It had already oh. been delayed like three times because the, the labs hadn't come back yeah. on his thing. And that's the other thing. So that, there were so many elements to it, which was they couldn't quantify how much was in his system. He had a doctor, mm-hmm. all these things. But I, I did get, they, the judge gave me a little bit of leeway because, so here was the thing. It was 11 o'clock at night, and his attorney was going after me. I didn't really have... I had the state appointed, and uh, he was like, well, my my client, you know, offered to give you help, right? And I go... And I said, he drove me off the road in the middle of the night. I wasn't sure he wasn't coming to finish the job, was what I said in court. Yeah, I... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was a little contentious. What? Yeah, and I gave a a lot of opinion about how he 
you know, I talked about my boys, about how he almost took me away from Griffin, right. who, you know, is smart, like all this stuff, and my special needs child, who, right. you know, all this, like, I'm, me and my husband are the world. Oh, yeah, I was he, I he was, was He was not too happy cross-examining you, I can imagine, after that was done. I was like, <laughs> well, the judge said to his client, like, that didn't go as well as I hoped. Yeah, no, but the judge <laughs> did tell me that I, I, she needed me to do less, uh, like, commentary yes. kind of stuff. Oh. Yes. Oh, Maggie is speaking behind us. We're fine, though. Do you uh, want to go listen to her? You can uh, you, you just talk to me. Yes. Don't, don't tell Maggie. Yeah, no, she'll be she'll be good. Um, so I'll let folks know we're so we're at the Whiskey Girl Tavern in what's I'm being told is West uh, Edgewater. No, yes. West Edge. No, yeah, Edgewater. Ed, yeah. West Edgewater. Yeah. What community, mass do you live in, my friend? I am literally. Very close by. I will say that. I'm not supposed to say where it's I live right, now. Yeah. So, yeah, don't but, tell like, us where. Not literally far. very close. Oh. I, I walked here today. So. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I love this neighborhood. This is actually when this was pressure, which was a pool hall. Okay. This used to be my voting location. And did you come play pool when you went to vote? It wasn't open yet. Oh. I mean, like, you couldn't. Are play. you a pool player? I used to be, yes. Oh. Because I understand that uh, that there's a pool league coming in oh, in a little bit because I was hoping to hit the balls around a couple times. Yeah. So did she just say that Brandon Johnson's here? So yes, who, he who else do you see? You That's kind of exciting. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not bailing on you for him. I'm just looking around He's the room. He's much a more important. Just, we'll talk to him eventually. I'll invite him to another live. <laughs> like a long show. <laughs> to another, I'm going to be at uh, Taste in Rogers Park oh, nice. on Wednesday. So if you want to stop by there, okay. I'll also interview you. What are you doing up? Just... Um, Hanging out? It's a uh, it's an event for Manaqua Brewing because oh, they're going to yeah. do uh, a taste testing there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're going to have some samples and things like that. Oh, wow, nice. Why am I whispering? This isn't my fault. <laughs> she's, she's speaking now. She knows I'm on the air. What is, like come on. What is happening? <laughs> so I think the last time I saw you before you got sworn in, were you planning on traveling? or I can't? What? So I was able to walk and be like, felt very good that like, yeah. okay, my... My yeah. time here is done. That's so. too cool. And uh, what was the? What were your like friends at the law firm? Your coworkers were they like, okay, judge, Mr. Hoity Toity? <laughs> yeah, they kept well, they two questions like, do I have to call you judge now? And I was like, no, you wouldn't call me that anyway. So right. why are you asking? And two, no, I cannot fix your traffic tickets. <laughs> yeah, how how often does that happen? People ask you that question. Oh, it's it's uh, ramped up quite dramatically. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, there was a history here in Chicago, obviously. Yeah, it's a great uh, I I grew up in this uh, in the, in that culture. Like when I was sixteen. So here, maybe maybe we can give people advice about going to court. I know that you aren't necessarily, you're still in judge school. Right. But uh, so let's just say my dad knew somebody in the court system at the time. What he, to- he told me to do was just say no contest was what I was told to do. I was 16. I made an, a left turn, no left turn between four and six. Right. And so that was my first. I, didn't, I, I had been going down those streets on my bike my entire life. And all of a sudden I was in a car and had never seen that sign before. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so when people are coming to court, I mean, there is a, and while they're on Zoom, right, there's still a way to be uh, proper, I guess, is the way to yes. put it. Right. Yes. You still want to be, conduct yourself. In a, Just present yourself. As, professionally. As, right, right. Kind of. It's, it's sort of an... And and no one's saying like you have to put on a a, a suit, but it's like I, it's like sometimes we have to remind people to wear a shirt, um, and so it's just because it's also impressions make a difference. Yes. And so when you show up and you and you look like you're taking this seriously, if if there's a state's attorney or a city count or a city attorney mm-hmm. on the other side, they'll treat you with that same respect that you're showing the court, and I think the judges will as well. I mean, we'll treat everybody right. fairly, but it just it helps that that you. Are recognizing that this is this is a serious time and that you shouldn't be just sort of blowing it off like it's just another call like you're calling your friend or something like that like you're <laughs> right. you're you're still you're, in court you're, you're still, invested yeah, yeah yeah 
Um, what when you mentioned that there's a better rate of appearances, is that also police officers then? Because that was the way people would get out of tickets a lot was that their cop didn't appear. It's so. Yeah, like, it's been a it's been a mix, and because um, originally with COVID they were they were sort of letting a lot of cops go because they had a lot of other things to do, and so I think the it's easier for the cops now, and um, probably another story of like sort of how they with the vacation or lack thereof and, right. and other things of just scheduling. Um, but I think the, the rates of, of officers coming are, are much easier. And it's also a little bit easier to continue because it's not as such a burden right. where the, the defendant isn't is like, I've waited six hours and the cop never showed. It's like I was on Zoom for 10 minutes, come back in 30 days and right. see, if, see if the oh, officer appears. So, okay, that, that so is it, better. It, it's a little bit quicker that way. So, oh, good. So people don't feel as put out, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you once you serve time as a judge or put in your I guess put in your time as a judge in traffic court, are you allowed to sort of say I would li- I would I have preferences for what I want to do next? Yeah, the um, the best analogy that I've come up with is like medical school placement, where it's like you have your ideas where you want to go, and the medical schools have ideas where sure. they want you. And uh-huh. so I think it's similar. Is the the presiding judges of each division, be it child protection, um, juvenile justice, uh, domestic violence chancellery municipal they'll sort of see like the crop coming up and you can not bid but you can say like i'm interested in these areas and you talk to the judges and then you see if there's like a a match almost i mean it sounds much more formal dating than it is but (laughs) but it's just sort of talking to people and seeing like where you might fit in and and one of the things that i've even learned in the last two weeks or last week is to be open because you sort of don't know what you don't know. Sure. And so a lot of judges, and I take this advice, is like explore areas that you may never have practice in because you'll learn the law. I mean, the right. other judges are there to, to help you, um, but you might find something interesting. And, and it's always, I think, good is when you're interested, You, I think you do better because you're more invested. So, Are there things that you, you're planning to do as a judge? Like Because we hear of people, let's say, let's use the Supreme Court as an example, right. that they kind of are separated from reality, uh, from our the, the experiences of people, all, you know, yeah. one, they're, they're not that, that reflective yet right. of our population, but they also seem to isolate themselves. Do you have plans for, like, keeping yourself engaged in both what's, what's new legally and what's going on in the world? Yeah, kind of so thing? I think legally it's just, like, I've always been a nerd and read and all that stuff, and what's going on in the world, and this is more of... Uh, Paul, my husband, than uh, my doing is he wants his intern back at the record store. And so um, most, uh, probably most weekends, I'll be working at our record store. Um, oh, and, right. And sort of like, well, that's keeping in and, touch yeah, with people, right? And, and just talking to people and see what's going on because a lot of people, I mean, they've been great, especially in this neighborhood. Um, like, knew I ran. And so now they're coming in, they're like, oh, how'd the election go? Yeah, like, yeah. I voted for you. And so I think it'll be a nice way to communicate that. Um, to people on sort of what's going on in law, to people sure. who normally wouldn't interact with, with a judge or interact with a court system. Um, and so that's that's probably what will keep me grounded because um, my husband being my boss as I'm just the unpaid intern. Right. Keeps you <laughs> humble. Yeah, yeah. Keep you humble. Yeah. I love that. And and so when, uh, I, well, let me, this flashed in my mind. Is there anybody that just stays in traffic court forever or is it always kind of a stepping stone? No, there, there are a couple, um, like, uh, Judge Marsalek, who's the presiding judge, she's been there for a number of years. And it's great because she sort of knows the system and then is just a great teacher and educator. A mentor. Yeah. And okay. Then, and she has two other folks who have been there for, for a couple of years now who are also are sort of her go-tos 
for us as well, right. because there's 17 of us outside her door asking questions. So, so she needs other people. <laughs> Look, so. I imagine all these like these these judge school uh, students lining up outside her door. I was just checking to see what uh, if I had any questions for fo- from oh, folks. Yeah. Uh, I was corrected. Uh, someone just said Edgewater, uh, but we did. We said West Edgewater. That yeah, might have yeah. been the last I, hour. I always just say Edgewater. Yeah. Like I don't know West East. I mean, because then there's like. Um, like, Magnolia Glen or something like that, something crazy. Like, wait, I'm sorry, get? that's not a real neighborhood in Chicago, is it? Magnolia Glen? No, it's like it's like a, I was gonna say it's I like don't... a four blocks. Like when people are like trying to distinguish within Edgewater, and it's like we're okay. just Edgewater. Chris just, Edgewater. We're all one big happy family in Edgewater. I always laugh because uh, I w- I just n- I remembered this today. There's a, a speed trap over by the uh, by Grayson Cemetery. On, oh yes. right on Irving near Clark, and I was driving through Rose Hill. I'm like, why do they put speed traps where no one needs to slow down? There's not like a lot of traffic between. <laughs> these two cemeteries it's like give us this is one stretch where i think we can we just do 45 can we just designate this but you're gonna get a lot of people on the their you know the the, the cameras and yeah. stuff like that uh and i i did try to challenge one and they were and i didn't read all the information and they were like would you like to see the video of you not stopping and i was like yeah i would like oh yeah that's oh, that, that's no yeah, yeah. any other questions no i i, I yeah, i'm, please, good. I'm, I'm guilty i would pay that i'll write that check right now Who do i make the check out to yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's i mean I mean, she was very nice, uh, very, you know, it was uh, uh, very professional. Would you like to see the video? Yeah, let me see. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't. Uh, that's, well, and that's what I'm trying to explain. I was thinking of Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's a, it says no right turn on red except, you know, after seven or whatever. Um, but I will say this. I'm trying to talk to people more about what a complete stop is. Because we don't, like, you're going to have a lot of people who just really didn't pay attention. Okay. Do you think we should have, like, every five years, every ten years, like, at least an online course to remind us of what the rules of the road are? Yes. And not even talking as a judge. Yes. Right? Just driving around. Because you forget. Like, and just simple. And it's almost like a... I don't want to say an etiquette course. Right. But it's like, don't turn right from the left lane. <laughs> <laughs> These are just, just like, off just the top like of my simple, head. Like, yeah. not that I saw that today. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's still fresh in my mind driving home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, and I, I do like the idea of like an online, like, I don't think you have to take a test again, but just do like something that'd be like, just remember yeah. this? Yeah. Like, hey, not for nothing. Right. But try not to kill each other yeah. while you're when out you there. When you come to a stop sign, just look. All yeah. three ways. That, well, because things have changed since, you know, even when I took yeah. driver's ed 25, 30, 35 years 25, ago. 25. That's 35. It's fine. <laughs> um, but things have even changed since then. Like, you know, reminders of, like, don't be on, like, what what that can lead to, what it has led to, right? Right. Because right. those are things I remember, the videos of, like, driving with your brights on, the person on oncoming traffic, you know? So let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Or who do we talk to about that? Do we have any legislators? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not, you're the judge. Yeah. Uh, so what are your what are your plans? Before I let you go, what are your plans for the holidays? Um, so I'm very excited. My uh, sister-in-law and her husband and the two kids, uh, eight and five, are coming in from L.A. And then my mother-in-law, oh. who lives in the Burbs. So they'll, they'll all stay with us for basically like a week. Okay. Um, and that'll be, just fills up the house with joy and just like Christmas, like... Because the kids, yeah, because Santa is real. Okay, and um, yes, he is. And, what, I don't yeah, know why yeah. it's a debate. And, and but the kids are really into it. Santa is real. So, so so Santa will know how to find them in Chicago. Yes, they're leaving notes in L.A. Excellent. Yes, with with directions to here in Chicago. Yeah, when I was five and we moved into a new house and I realized we didn't have a fireplace this time, I went downstairs and unlocked our front door to the apartment building to make sure that Santa could get in. I'm just saying you have to cover your bases. bases yes. yes, please. Uh, do you have a favorite holiday snack or, or meal? 
Oh, that's a good question. My mom made the best um, cheesy potatoes, and they and they weren't the round ones. Like they were the the like like uh, long ones. I'm, the I'm full trying to visualize the on potato. the radio. Do you see that? Yeah, patty? Like, I, I'm really yeah. good at that. I'll, I'll work through it. The big uh, russet potatoes, you mean? Yeah, yeah, but the, like they were sticks. They were almost like French fries. Oh, like thick. <gasps> Come on. Oh. Oh, and they got a little brown on the top. Forget about it. Oh, my God. I've decided that I have to lose weight next year, but not yet. No, next year. Ne- next, next year. I got a good four weeks left. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking to Judge Mike Weaver. Go enjoy your evening. I'm going to take a break and then wrap up, and then I'm going to come and get a glass of yeah. uh, tip one back with you. Thanks, Patty. And so cheers. good to see you. Toast with you. Great to see you, too. Thank okay. you, Judge. Thank you. Let's take a break here. We'll come back in just a moment. I'm driving it home with me, Patty Vasquez. We're here till seven. I got seven more minutes. Four. Four minutes. All right. <laughs> bye, Mike. Bye, Thanks. Bye. All right, excellent. We've we've got a couple minutes left here before I turn the station over to Mike Crute and the Devil's Advocates. I uh, want to thank all of our guests. We talked to uh, Dem- the Deputy Committee Woman for the 40th Ward, Reina Lopez Alcantar. My mom messaged me. She wants me to make sure I have that name correct, and I promise I will go talk to the Deputy Committee Woman to uh, clarify to clarify her last name. We also talked to committee woman of the 40th Ward, uh, Maggie O'Keefe, and uh, talked a little bit about how important it is to get involved in organizations like this one. And if you perhaps uh, don't have an organization for helping people get registered to vote or know where their polling places are or talk about candidates in a forum, uh, think about, consider creating your own IPO, which is a independent precinct office. And uh, if that's something that you and some of your friends think like, hey, you know, we're really passionate about what's going on in our community. We want to have these conversations. Uh, What a great way to get started and to connect with your community and with voters uh, in your area. We also talked to the commissioner, uh, the new commissioner, newly elected to the Lake County Board, was uh, Sarah. uh, Oh, you know what? I'm not going to, but Sarah was... I, I'm not going to take a stab at it because I didn't have it written down and I just did it by repeating it. Um, but we talked about legislation when it comes to banning assault, military style assault weapons. And call your legislators, let them know that you do uh, support the ban. And also reach out to people in your family who maybe live in other parts of the state. Call your friends if they live in other parts of the state and say, hey, this is something I believe in too. Because the Chicagoland area, for the most part, will be supporting. I know our legislators. Uh, in Chicago will be backing this type of legislation. And uh, we also talked to Judge Mike Weaver, uh, newly newly sworn in judge in traffic court. So uh, great to hear about how things are going and how much uh, has changed when it comes to appearing before a judge in traffic court. So look forward to our conversations tomorrow, everybody. Also on Wednesday, we'll be broadcasting live from Taste with Monaco Brewing. So come on out to Rogers Park. I know we're talking to at least uh, Representative Cam Buckner, who is one of the uh, candidates for mayor. And uh, I see some candidates here, so I'm going to go give them a business card and invite them on the show for Wednesday as well. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you again to Paul and Matt and everyone. You guys are wonderful. Have a wonderful evening. Bye.